I'm on the winning side. Yes, I'm on the winning side. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Winning Side Podcast with Jeremy Coburnett, pastor of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. It is God's desire for His people to experience victory and to live on the winning side each and every day. We are so glad that you have joined us today and pray you will be blessed as you listen to today's edition of The Winning Side with Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. Good afternoon and thank you for joining us today on The Winning Side broadcast. Hope that you're having a great day already, whether you're listening on Facebook, YouTube, the podcast, or also on the radio as well. Hope that you're having a great start to your week on this Monday, February 5th. We did have a great day in church yesterday and really a great day on Saturday as well with the Valentine's banquet and the anniversary celebration. Such a wonderful time of fellowship, of food as well, uh, but also celebrating our pastor and the gift that God has given us uh, in our shepherd here at Victory Baptist Church. And then yesterday in church was great, as I've already mentioned as well. Uh, Pastor Everson preached some fantastic thoughts. Uh, the messages were great. Uh, I encourage you, if you were not here yesterday, if you weren't able to make it, uh, please uh, to tune into our YouTube page or to our Facebook and rewatch those services. I know they'll be a great blessing and a great help to you as well. I do want to mention real quickly here that we do have a happy anniversary to Jonathan and Angie Benthel. I uh, hope that you have a great day today uh, with one another. Uh, and then in just a few minutes after the song, we are going to be in the book of Joshua, looking at Joshua 18 uh, for a brief thought. It'll be 
I hope that was a blessing to you as well. Uh, we are in Joshua chapter 18 this morning. Uh, we find the children of Israel have entered into Canaan land. But although they are in Canaan land, they have not yet possessed all that God wants them to possess. Uh, God has given them all this land that he promised to their fathers, Abraham and Isaac and, and the others before them. And, and God has given them now this land that they are to possess. And here we find that Joshua has gathered them together at the place of Shiloh. And he's challenging the remaining tribes that have yet, yet not received their property to go in and to receive it, to conquer it, to take it as God would have them to do. Uh, I'm going to read here in Joshua chapter 18. The Bible says in verse number 1, and the whole congregation of the children of Israel assembled together at Shiloh and set up the tabernacle of the congregation there. And the land was subdued before them. And they remained among the children of Israel, seven tribes, which had not yet received their inheritance. And then Joshua asked them this question. Notice the Bible says, And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, How long are ye slack to go to possess the land? which the Lord God of your fathers hath given you. Here they are. Uh, they're in the land of Canaan, but have not yet taken all the land that God wants them to take. Now, there are three that have already taken, uh, Caleb being one of those. Remember the story of Caleb? Uh, Caleb said, I want that mountain. Uh, he was a man that wholly followed the Lord. He was a great man of faith. He knew that God wanted him to do something great, and he went forward to accomplish it with the Lord's power and with the Lord's strength, and he was able to do it. Was it easy? No. But is anything too hard for the Lord? There's nothing too hard for the Lord. But here Joshua asked them this question, How long are ye slacked to go to possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers have given you? You see, they were promised something wonderful. Uh, they were promised this inheritance. Uh, they were promised this territory that God would have them to possess. And can I just say here on this Monday morning that there is something that God wants all of us to accomplish. Uh, there is something that God wants all of us to do. There is something that God wants all of us to walk in. There is an inheritance which God has given every single one of us. There's a will of God for our life today. There's a will of God for our life this week. There's a will of God for our life for the remainder of the day. Yeah, the day's halfway over. It's 12 o'clock. There, there's, a, there's a will of God for our life every single day. There's something that God wants us to accomplish. And here's the thing. Although there is something that God wants us to accomplish, it doesn't mean that we're always going to do it. Just because there's a will that He wants us to walk in, it doesn't mean that we're always going to walk in it. And here these individuals are. They've been given a great promise. They've been given a great inheritance. Something to receive from the Lord. But God was not going to force this on them. God was not going to make them take it. They had to take action upon the promise that God had given them. Uh, every day we live, there are blessings that God wants us to receive. Uh, you understand with me, uh, we have the Bible, the Word of God. This book is a, a word that will bless our hearts and can change our lives and, and can bring much joy to our life. But you understand, we have to take the initiative to pick it up. 
Uh, one of the greatest go- joys that God wants us to experience is the joy of serving other people. As believers, there's something so joyful about uh, being the hands and the feet of Jesus and living our life in such a way that others benefit from it. But God's not going to force us to do that. God's not going to make us do that. We have to take the initiative. We have to do it with the Lord's help. We have to determine that we're going to go forward and do it. Could I ask you a question here this morning, this afternoon, on this Monday afternoon? Uh, What is it that God wants you to accomplish with your life? Uh, What is it that God wants you to do this week? Uh, What is it that God has put in your heart, maybe it was years ago even, to do something specific? Oh, you know, good intentions are just that. They're good intentions. I read this quote recently. Uh, Good intentions are the seeds of good deeds, but they need to be watered with action and perseverance. Good intentions are not enough. They have to be backed up with good actions. Uh, Some of you, God is putting in your heart something to do for somebody else, how you're going to help them. Some of you, maybe God has put the idea of something in your heart to to serve in the church in a certain way. You have gifts, you have talents, you have abilities, uh, and it's time to stop attending. It's time to start being involved. Uh, God is putting something in your heart for your family. Uh, Maybe God is putting your heart as a father, as a mother, to start doing family devotions. Uh, God has put these things in your heart and your life. Uh, God has given you a vision for the future. Uh, God has given something for your destiny that he would like for you to walk into an inheritance to receive, uh, something that we have to take the initiative on. We have to go after and do it. But you understand it takes effort. It takes time and it takes a willingness to count the cost and to go forward with the Lord's help. And so although God may put something in our hearts, and although there may be the promise that God wants us to receive today, it doesn't mean we're going to receive it. Uh, Why often do we not receive the promise? Why often do we not achieve what God would have us to achieve? Uh, Why so often do we settle for less than best? Uh, I think one of the reasons is because of the procrastination. We think we have plenty of time. Uh, We think that we don't need to do it in the moment. There's no urgency in the moment. Here are the questions given by Joshua. How long are ye slack to go in to possess the land? How much longer is it going to be before you go in and take what God has already given you? How much longer is it going to be before you take the next right step in the direction that God has for you? Oh, what's the vision? Oh, what's the destiny? What's the will of God for our lives this week, today? And then what do we need to do to accomplish it? But what will cause us to be slack as the children of Israel were? Uh, Why were they slack? Why were they apt to being slack? Why were they apt to being slow to accomplish what God wanted them to accomplish? To be lazy about it? Uh, Number one, uh, I believe it's because of fear. Uh, They were fearful about what they would face as they went further into the land. Although God had given them the land, there was still some conquering that had to be done. When Caleb said, I want that mountain, the mountain of Hebron, He understood that there were some giants there, some people that were going to be a challenge to fight. And although they were going to be a challenge, he knew that his God was big enough to take care of them, but it still was going to be a fearful venture. Uh, Why did the children of Israel avoid going into the promised land all the way back with Moses? Why was it? Do you remember? Yes, that's right. Because the children of Israel were fearful. They trusted more in their abilities than in God's ability. And I think they possibly were slack concerning the promise of God. They were hesitating to do what God had called them to do because of fear. Uh, Isn't it so true that fear will paralyze us? Fear will cause us to sit and do nothing at all. Oh, when we begin to focus on our 
fear, that's when we lose sight of our faith. Here's what the devil will do. The devil will fill our minds with worries. He'll fill our minds with doubts. He'll fill our minds with concern. Uh, He'll cause us to be so focused on what could go wrong that we lose sight of the one who's able to make all things go right. Fear will bring us to a place where we are inactive, where we sit and do nothing at all. Oh, God wants us to accomplish something wonderful. God wants us to do something great. But fear can get in the way. Maybe God's calling you to to start tithing. He's been working on your heart about being a giver to His work here on this earth. Uh, But every time you think about that and every time you begin to take that step uh, into obedience, uh, the devil brings up thoughts. Uh, What if this happens with your finances? What if this happens with your finances? What if this happens with with your resources? What's he doing? He's bringing fear into our mind to diminish our faith. Uh, Every time you consider and you get ready to take that step to start being involved with your church or take a step with your family to to help them grow in Christ, the the devil brings up fear. Uh, Oh, you're going to do it and nobody's going to appreciate it. Uh, You're going to do it and you're not going to be good at it. He gets us focused on other people and what they think. Oh, the devil will fill our mind with fear and that will fizzle out our faith. Uh, Do you remember what God uh, said through Paul to Timothy? In the book of Timothy, he said this, God hath not given us the spirit of fear. In other words, God has not given us a heart full of fear, an attitude full of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Uh, Do you know what Timothy was facing at that moment? As a young man, Timothy had seen some uh, problems, some issues in the church that needed to be addressed. They needed to be talked about. The individuals in that church needed to be confronted from God's word. And Timothy thought to himself, oh, I'm too young. They won't respect me. I don't have a voice loud enough. I'm not respected enough. And he was so focused on himself and his fear of what would happen if he took the next right step. But what did Paul say to him? Paul said, hey, stir up the gift of God which is in you. Stir up the faith which is in you. Hey, stop focusing on your fear. Stop focusing on your faith. And for God has not given you the spirit of fear. Can I tell you today, dear friend? Uh, What is it that God has put in your heart that you're letting fear keep you from going forward and doing? Oh, have you not been passing out tracts? Have you not been sharing the gospel with your co-workers? Are there family members that you know that are not yet saved and you have neglected to tell them of the glorious truth of the gospel because you're fearful? Oh, God has not given you the spirit of fear. Oh, don't let the devil bring fear into your life. Let's focus on the faith that God wants us to have and take the inheritance to do what God wants us to do to fulfill the destiny of our life today. And then secondly, why would they be slack concerning the promise? Here it is, because they were content with where they were. They were content with where they were. Life was not so bad. Things were not going terrible. They had been used to many years traveling in the wilderness, and now they have settled down to some extent, and and things aren't that bad. Here's what they're doing. They're settling for average instead of God's best. You know what's going to keep us from accomplishing all that God wants us to accomplish? You know what's going to keep us from having a vision for what God wants us to do in our life for the future? It's when we get content with what we have right now, with where we are right now. Now, I understand we ought to be content with some things, but we ought to not be content away from the perfect will of God. If God's put something in our heart to do, we ought to decide that we're going to do it and not be content until we do it for the glory of God. And then lastly here, why were they slack concerning the promises? Why were they procrastinating on what God wanted them to do, failing to take that next step? 
failing to experience the joy that God wanted to experience in the moment. Here it is, because everyone else around them had settled. Seven tribes at this point had not yet taken their inheritance. Three others had, and then of course you have the Levites who did not have an inheritance of land, but they had an inheritance of working for the Lord. But uh, only three had taken it, but then the rest had not. And so they maybe began to look at everybody else and said, hey, if they're content, I can be content too. If they're just going to settle for less than God's best, then maybe I'll just settle for less than God's best as well. You know it's going to keep us in our lives from failing to succeed and take all that God wants us to take, to keep us from fulfilling our destiny that God has put before us? Here it is. It's if we get our eyes focused on everybody else who's failing to fulfill the destiny that God has for their life. Here's the reality. The majority of Christians in this world are not fulfilling all that God wants them to accomplish. Here's the reality. The majority of people in this world have fallen far short from what God would have them to accomplish. But just because they are not succeeding, just because they are not receiving the inheritance that God wants them to receive, it doesn't mean that we have to settle for less than God's best. Here's what the world will say. The world will say all that matters is making money. Here's what the world will say. All that matters is having a status. Here's what the world will say, but even some Christians, all that matters is making yourself achieving the American dream. And while it's good to have dreams, we better make sure that our dreams are the dreams that God has for our life. And our values are the values that God has for our life as well. If everybody else is settling around us, it doesn't mean that we have to. We ought to look to the Caleb's. And we ought to look to the people from the tribe of Judah. We ought to look for the people that were part of Joseph's lineage who said, hey, I'm going to take the land and I'm going to receive the inheritance that God wants me to receive. And as we take that inheritance, here's what we'll find, that we are so glad we did so. And we'll look back at where we were. We'll look back before we took that step of faith and we'll say, man, I sure am glad that I walked in the way that God would have me to walk. And I'm so glad I got out of the place of being slack concerning the promises of God. A uh, question for you this morning on this Monday. What are you slack in concerning what God wants you to do? Basically, here's the question for myself today as well. Am I procrastinating on anything that God wants me to do? Maybe today you're going to be around a coworker. Maybe today you're going to be around somebody at a doctor's office. Maybe today you're going to be around a family member and you know they don't know Jesus. Uh, you don't know if they're going to heaven or not. And God's pricking your heart right now. Stop procrastinating. Stop being slack concerning the destiny that I have for you. Fulfill my calling in your life. Oh, let's be the Christian that God has called us to be. Thank you for joining us today on the Winning Side broadcast. I hope and pray that you have a great day as we step forward in faith into all that God would have us to accomplish. Yes, I'm on the winning side. Thank you for joining us today on the Winning Side podcast with Jeremy Coburnett, pastor of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. If today's episode encouraged you in your Christian life, would you consider sharing this daily podcast with a friend, a neighbor, maybe a family member, or a coworker? We are grateful for your help in spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. If we can ever be a help to you in any way, please let us know by calling or texting us at 252-308-4600. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to having you join us again next time on The Winning Side Podcast with Jeremy Coburnett.